Welcome, guys, to another episode of our Lifting Nerds podcast. And today it is only me again. Uh, today is our 47th episode, and we are live on Instagram and Facebook right now. Uh, and today we are going to talk about, you know, RPE versus RIR. So we previously, me and Brandon, uh, we talked a little bit about what those are and what they mean. So as a review, I'm just going to quickly go over what RPEs and RIR stands for. RPE actually stands for rate of uh, perceived exertion. And RIRs, uh, uh, you know, represents uh, you know, reps in reserve. So give or take, you know, they actually pretty much, um, you know, mean pretty much the same thing, you know, uh, reps in reserve, RIR is going to be, you know, one out of 10, uh, uh, you know, the lower the number, uh, the more challenging is going to get RPE, you know, the higher the number out of one to 10 is, you know, the higher the number, the more challenging it's going to be. So they're, you know, they work line in line and it's pretty much very, very similar. Now in RPE, in some studies like from JPS education, uh, they, they break down RPE with, you know, like 0.5s uh, by the 0.5s. So we've got 1.5, we've got 2.5, got 9.5, 3, 7.5, things like that. Uh, but reps in reserve, there's there's not too many, but it's a very specific type of measurement, uh, you know, how many reps you have in the tank. So that's pretty, pretty much what it means, okay? I'm not going to go blabbing on around about that. So, um, you know, when, you know, this, you know, RPE and RR, when it comes to training, you know, it's not the only thing. It's actually not just the only thing you'll probably measure in all of your trainings. Um, you know, volume, of course, is going to be, you know, a big, big part of the conversation as well. Uh, you know, not only the RPE, the intensity of it, what I would, would, would say, uh, but also of the, uh, you know, the, the sets or how many um, sets and volume you're doing per that mesocycle. cycle. That's also going to be counted, but we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to be talking about like RPE and RRR. Now, the thing is I want you to pay attention to is we're not comparing who is better than the other because some training works better with, you know, RPE, measuring an RPE, and some people measure better with RIR. It doesn't matter. Okay. I'll just tell you straight up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which kind of thing you like to use. Um, but when to actually apply these measurements is something that I want to further discuss. Now, but whenever, uh, you know, we get asked, you know, oh, what's the RR, what's the RPE, you know, people immediately just turn to load. So uh, this information is, of course, you know, spoken by a lot. But uh, what I read about this, um, it is true. It is true. You know, that that is one factor of it. You know, when you turn to RPE or RR, one thing of it, load is going to be, you know, one of the factors. But of course, we're going to have to look at the other spectrum of the factors as well. You know, like how many sets are you going to be doing? How many uh, reps are you doing in one set? And, you know, that all applies. And how many sets are going to be, how many exercises are you going to be through, through that day? How many, um, let's say if you're doing a push movement, you know, you have to also count uh, you know, these uh, minor other supporting muscles, meaning that your, your shoulders, your, if you're doing your delts, your triceps, you know, that's going to be part of your pushing movements. And then your rowing movements, you know, your pulling is probably going to, you know, engage your, 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 your forearms, your, your rear delts, your, uh, your biceps, you know, those have to be all, you know, be taken into account, um, you know, just instead of, you know, asking, you know, what the load is going to be. So that will have to be, um, that's why we said in the beginning, that will have to take part uh, if you are a little bit more advanced. 
uh, and not apply it to, you know, more of a, in, in the beginning when you're working with clients. Now, um, from previous episodes, and we all know the literature has actually shown that, you know, the most optimal hypertrophy ranges, um, you know, from six to eight RPE or, you know, two to three reps in reserve. That's like the main, uh, I wouldn't say that it's absolutely 100% correct, but, you know, the, the study that this is the most optimal range to build hypertrophy uh, for muscles. Um, and for uh, strength gains, uh, then, you know, it ranges from, you know, uh, 10 to uh, 10 to 9 to 10 RPE or, you know, zero to three reps in reserve, something like that. There's a lot, there's a, there's a lot bigger uh, uh, article that was released last year in 2020 uh, by uh, Data Driven Data Driven and Brian Miner, they, uh, you know, very, very smart guys. So if you want to read about that article on, you know, proximity of failures for strength gains, you know, that's definitely an article that you should definitely check out. It's like a 20 minute long read uh, on the study. So that's something I would actually really look, look forward to as well. Uh, it'll teach you a lot for, you know, how we actually measure, uh, you know, proximity of failures as well, which is also brings me uh, back to, uh, you know, this RPE versus RIR question. And, you know, when to actually, you know, practically apply it when you're training either by yourself or you're training uh, other clients as a coach. Now, as a reminder, again, we don't apply this in the very beginning. I don't highly recommend you apply any sort of reps and reserve or RPE to any sort of beginner um, uh, who is you know, new to the gym uh, because they're not going to know. Okay, honestly, they're not going to know. Um, how we measure it for, you know, in, for beginner level, um, the literature has shown that it's better to, uh, it's actually more beneficial for them to train to failure, um, let's say uh, somebody with a, uh, you know, somebody who's just joined the gym and they've probably been training for, I don't know, like three months or four months, they're free, they're very, they're still very new to, you know, any type of lifting uh, within the premises of the gym. So it's, it's a little bit more easier for them to go to failure. And it's actually shown a little bit more beneficial uh, because as beginners, um, you know, they can't, they don't really go to the true, um, you know, 10 RPE or zero reps in reserve. It's just not possible because they, they don't have the capacity for it. So literature has actually shown that it's actually better for them to uh, uh, train to failure, uh, no matter if it's uh, any sort of like pulling, pushing, squatting, any sort of movement, as long as it's safe and stable, that's your job as a, as a coach in order to uh, you know, make sure that is the case, um, then, you know, then, uh, you know, they'll show, you know, tremendous results in, within the, within the period of time. And of course, uh, you know, since beginner levels, you know, they, the first year or the probably like the year and a half, um, they, they show a tremendous progression within the year. They'll see, you know, the biggest, uh, improvements they'll see, you know, the you know, very quick, uh, improvement in their, you know, body composition and performance. And that's when, uh, you know, that's, that's actually, you know, when they'll be the most motivated and, and then they'll reach a plateau. And then, you know, you'll probably have to, you know, move them into another phase where they're a little bit more intermediate since they've been lifting for, you know, a good a year or two years or even three years. And then, and then, uh, you know, their programming could probably potentially change and so are their mechanics. So, for uh, beginners, I would actually recommend them to, you know, push themselves a little bit more to failure. 
Uh, and for intermediate ones, so once they've reached that stage, you know, they would, you know, be part of, you know, what I would call intermediate lifters. In this intermediate lifters, it's still better. See, <laughs> it's still better for them to push to failure. Now, a lot of you may or may not agree with me, but I'm just going to put it out there. Here in this intermediate level, it's actually where a lot of the general population gym goers are actually at. They've been lifting for, I don't know, three to four years. Uh, they've been in the gym. Um, what potentially, what I will also quote unquote say, bros are also in this phase. Now they're stuck in this between beginner and intermediate level because they don't exactly 100% know what they're actually doing, but they're not to a point where they're you know not experienced in uh muscle groups so they know how to do a bicep curl they know how to do a tricep extension they know um what a bench press should actually feel like they know uh what it's a good pump sort of called in the back or the legs or the you know they know what the they are so they know how to stimulate a muscle but anyways um in this intermediate stage um why do we see bros, you know, still getting like genetically really good and, you know, they're getting like a huge lot of gains is they still train a failure. And we can, the literature does show that, you know, it's still a little bit more beneficial to train more to failure. Um, that actually does guarantee, uh, you know, that you're reaching, you know, that hypertrophy uh, range. Uh, so you're not number one, you're not really under training and, uh, it's very, it's more like you're very likely to overtrain, but it's going to take a lot of time since they're intermediate levels, uh, since they're intermediate levels and they're not really like advanced levels, they're still not experienced, uh, enough to push themselves to, you know, one RM. And, uh, honestly, it is very, very difficult to actually achieve true failure. You can ask any other scientists out there or any other, um, you know, coaches out there, even, I don't know, Jeff Nippert, uh, I assume that, uh, you know, it's actually very difficult for a beginner level or an intermediate level lifter to actually achieve true failure. It's almost humanely impossible uh, all by yourself. Um, but usually that's where it's going to be. And uh, once they lift for, you know, once they pass that uh, and they have a little bit, live in a more longer experience in lifting, you know, of course we consider them to be a little bit more advanced. They, you know, they know what they're doing. They know what the lift should actually be. They can execute it safely by themselves. They can reach, you know, a good proximity of eight RPE or even like two reps in reserve, uh, you know, alone and safely, then, um, you know, that, you know, then training of failure would, you know, proximity of failures, these factors would actually be a little bit more, um, you know, they would count a little bit better because it will depend on what their age is going to be. So for, you know, for me, I am, you know, 36 years old, um, and the older we grow, uh, you know, the more responsibilities that we actually have. So therefore, we will, um, you know, time is going to be of the essence and our body's adaptation is going to be a little bit less uh, good. So depending on how old we are, we don't actually want to reach, uh, you know, true actual failure. Um, so the older we are, uh, the less likely uh, as literature have shown that even the the older we are uh, and the longer we have lifted, it'll actually show a little bit more benefit if we just train shy 
of actually RPU or two failure. Uh, we've actually seen a lot more growth. We have actually seen a lot more improvement once that is, uh, you know, not as uh, true, true failure, more like in the 85% of one RM, that would be a little bit more uh, optimal for even for like older lifters, um, such as myself, it has shown to be, you know, pretty, pretty good. So, but with that being said, um, for more practical, um, you know, approach, I would say, um, you know, how do we actually apply this in real person? Of course, uh, you know, obviously, if, if you're a beginner or intermediate level, I would turn to, you know, a definitely a, a reliable coach uh, or an in-person trainer for them to actually demonstrate that in person. But if we were just talking about here, um, then honestly, some key points here that you want to know is, of course, everybody, every individual is going to be different. I don't want to tell you to go like, oh, uh, so by the time you lift to that rep, when it actually starts getting slow, that's your three, that's your three reps in reserve, or that's your 70% of your one RM. No, that is different for everybody. Uh, and of course, it will vary depending on male and female. That would does that does vary as well. Um, but in most scenarios, uh, you know, we load the, about we load according to our own capability, sixty-five to eighty-five percent of our one one RM. So, with that range, there is no way that you can actually achieve like hundred percent or or like ten RPE without any actual help. Um, so. That's why if we can load our bar to 65 to 85% of one RM, then that will fall into category on, you know, why training to failure uh, of your own capabilities would be beneficial to actually get the most strength gains or within, you know, reaching within hypertrophy range. Now, uh, so how does that actually apply is when, let's say, for example, you're doing a bench press and your goal is you know, to do, um, you know, to do a set of four, uh, 75% 1RM, then you can pretty much of, um, you know, of, I don't know, like 10 reps, then you can feel free to, you know, apply, let's say, uh, two, 225 pounds uh, total, and you start benching, and you'll realize that, you know, your first set is going to produce the most visible velocities. So, you know, it's going to be your most powerful set versus your last set where, uh, you know, fatigue and all that other stuff comes in and it's not as optimal as your first set using the same weight. So um, with that being said, you know, stay, if a coach was actually relying you to tell you, uh, you know, we want to, you know, maintain at a certain RRR or RPE, then you, we would use load to, uh, you know, adjust that. So the stimulus of the muscle is sufficient. And uh, if you're going for strength gains, then we might want to rest a little bit longer and try to match every single set to be more or less the same stimulus. Okay. Uh, so one more thing is, you know, you know, performing, uh, performing a set, uh, you know, as many repetitions, um, you know, as it may take to, you know, one or two reps in reserve um, of that one RM, uh, it could drop off, it could drop off, uh, you know, uh, to the desired uh, place where it's like, so let's say, uh, let me reword this. So let's say the first set, uh, you might feel it's going to be, uh, you know, seven RPE, because you're nice and fresh. 
But after your first set, you know, you might feel your second set to be eight and a half RPE. So you probably need to use the load and use uh, the repetitions, these two things to manage yourself uh, and maneuver your way around. So you're maintaining at the same RPE. Uh, therefore, that will actually uh, prevent you from, uh, you know, over fatigue and, um, you know, over overtraining or just messing up all your stats when you're trying to progress throughout you know two mesocycles i hope that makes sense you know you like use using loads and you know things for your percentage of my rpe so i did i know i talked a little bit about you know percentage of one rm and things like that you know um so i'm just going to clear the ear uh, air here percentage of one rm is uh will we we apply this more for you know strength gains um, it will be uh, a it, it, It's exactly what it sounds like. So if it's like 65, uh, 65 of, uh, percent of your one RM, that would be equivalent to you know six point five RPE. And if you translate that to a reps and reserve, that would be like a four, four reps and reserve. Um, so there are many literature out there, uh, you know, about RPE and RIR and what it actually feel like. But for me. Uh, for so many of, uh, you know, the clients have been working together, um, you know, um, I would actually ask them to fill me uh, uh, some of their uh, trainings and I would assess them on what that RM actually is or what that RPE actually is. And then I'll explain it to them, you know, you do have, you know, four more reps in the tank, but you don't know this uh, because some people just get, you know, too intimidated to push uh, through and, uh, you know, push far further than they're actually, their capabilities are at some, it's just our human nature when, uh, you know, we get just, we feel that little bit of fatigueness and then we will just stop right there because we don't want to risk any injury or we don't want to risk of, you know, performing the set, not to perfection. So these are just some of my two cents. Um, you know, what I think RPE and RR stands for. I do feel like a lot of people are under training, um, uh, if you're in the beginner level, you're, you're, you're just too scared to push it over, uh, you know, push yourself, your capabilities, you're a lot stronger than you actually think you are. And for, you know, intermediate levels, um, you know, you don't, well, I, I'm not going to comment on, you know, what is good and what is not good in terms of programming. Uh, but, um, you know, volume wise, you know, there, there, there is, you know, a more bigger uh, uh, topic and a bigger, bigger talk about that but we're not going to go to that but uh intermediate level seems to uh, and advanced level seem to have a better grasp on you know how to control this rpe and rr thing you know some some even individuals have been lifting for like over 10 20 years and they still don't know what they're doing so it's just it's just those there's you know different populations and you know what you want to achieve out of uh you know lifting but all in all, if uh, you want to progress yourself and get yourself to the next level with your fitness levels, RP and RR is definitely something that you probably want to, you know, get a hold of or try to like really understand um, to actually even, you know, further your gains or further your strength gains or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that ends up with the podcast here, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, uh, we are going to, uh, we are three episodes away. Uh, we are going to end this season of the Lifting Nurse Podcast season one uh, in 50, with 50 episodes. Just so if you guys are not aware of that. And then 
we will start the season two uh, when you know the time is right when we come back. So that's just some news for you guys. Uh, and again, these this episode here will be uploaded on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I will tell you guys on my story when they're going to be live. So you, I want you guys stay tuned. If you are listening in this on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll be great if you can go down to the bottom, scroll down to the bottom wherever you get your podcast and give us a rating and review. I will really, really greatly appreciate this. Uh, And that's all I got for you guys. We'll stick around uh, to see if we have any questions. Peace out.